Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, this is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back. Top of the 5 o'clock hour. Jay Foreman, DP, Austin on the ones and twos. Making us look good and sound good. This is Old School, brought to you by the Mercado, certified Piedmontese, special ingredients and butcher shop, located at 84th and Havelock. Like I always like to say, every type of meat, every type of cut. Go in there and see what's up. Uh, we talked about it. We'll talk a little bit about it. We will probably need to give more time to Casey uh, coming back because the, the roster management is actually something that we just were talking That's about. That's a full here. segment, bro. That's right. a full segment. But we need to get a half a segment and then and another full segment. Yep. So <laughs> yep. uh, just real quick, you know, w- with the Boston Celtics, uh, obviously bringing their coach back and keeping Jalen Brown as of right now. You know, I think what people – sometimes I always look at it. Okay, you Boston made their decision, right? It's almost like the draft, right? Once a team decides who I'm picking number one, then everybody else can kind of operate, you know, whether it's late free agency and then obviously throughout the rest of the draft. So now when you're thinking about can somebody pry Damian Lillard out of Portland, right? So can somebody trade for Trey Young? And what are the dominoes or the secondary casualties or moves after that? Right. Or before that leads to Trey Young getting moved. Right. Because what happens is, in in my opinion, with these GMs, because I think it's it's portable between NFL, hockey, not really hockey. They usually stay pat. But NFL and NBA is if I'm say, say I'm the Atlanta Hawks. Right. And we had a sneaky, decent, good year. We just need to gel our two two guards and we got a great roster or a great starting five. Right. We, we believe in it, but we're just not playing well. We hired a new coach who we believe in, obviously. But then say somebody in the East, say Philly trades or somehow brings somebody in that's a better fit with Embiid and Nurse. Dame. Right? Dame to Philly. Like, or some just – no, just say Philly <laughs> make, Philly makes a move. Yeah. Right? Or or moves. Mm-hmm. Or Milwaukee makes moves. Frightening. Or <laughs> the Celt- something happens. Right. Well, then – Atlanta, and I, and the only reason I say Atlanta because I really like the roster, or somebody else, you know, could say maybe the Hornets, but just somebody else. They're like, oh, the move that we were thinking about making at the trade deadline, right, all-star break, we got to make it right now. So you get teams to actually to move faster, and then the dominoes will always start to move, and then, then it spills over into the East. You know, you, you know if I'm a team that needs – some a young talented player so let's talk about philly right let's just assume james harden wants to go back to houston and being you know club honest james, james harden is telling you without telling you that he don't want to win he, he he is now he played admirably at, at times this year and he looked in shape but if you want to go back to houston you're telling me that yes you're a hall of fame player and for a you know four or five year period you were one of the most prolific scorers, but you're telling me you don't want to win a championship, so I don't want you in my building. Let, let me let me let me play this another way. So, through his trade out of Houston, and then 
the other trades that moved talent out of Houston. What Houston has done is the same thing that Utah is doing, which is accumulating assets. Nobody in the NBA has more assets than the Houston Rockets right now. Sure. And if you're a point guard, an aging point guard, you can still hit threes, but you don't want to carry. You don't want to carry it. But you led the entire world in in, in assists. Where else would you want to be? Right where you led the world in assists. That thing that's there, maybe those people telling you, you know, it's time for you to go. Like, because I yeah. that that's the actual story that the Sixers have kind of pushed. As much as they're saying Harden wants to be somewhere else, that's narrative directive. But right? why would he want to go to Houston? Because I forget who said it. It was somebody. I think the Dallas Mavericks said these these get they out there playing. They're not even playing real basketball. Well, so, what? so now you're going to go play with a bunch of ninth teenagers mm-hmm. that you don't don't have any knockdown shooters and try to massage it that you want to go back and get the assist. James Harden wants to be back to Houston because he loves the city of Houston. He is not trying to win an NBA championship. I period. I, I, I lean I, I get what you're saying, but there's there's that part of me like you got people in Houston. I got people in Houston that Ask the question: Is James Harden dumb? Would you would you think of him as a bad business person? He's done really well, but anytime somebody turns down fifty million, I got. Do, do you think like he's? Stupid. Do you think he's high IQ? Basketball IQ. I think he's decent. I don't think it's high IQ. Okay. I think it's it's in the upper echelon. Yeah. Right. For sure. So something about it doesn't add up, which makes me think there is a plan. And if you told me that James Harden could go to Houston and be the leader of young people who will accept his wisdom rather than people that will reject it and deny it, and he gets right, and then he gets to live in the space, and he doesn't have to carry the team. He He just has to be there when they need him. If he's looking at this as a swan song, I see it. Only thing I will push back on that point, which you had a very good point, is that if Daryl Morey was still in Houston, I would believe it. Daryl Morey is the one that got him to Philly. That's his boy. Now you're going to leave your boy because, really, to be honest with you, if mm-hmm. Daryl Morey, you, you remember when they used to have those like mafia shows? He's a hitman, so that or, or and then they'd have him in a room like this, but you only see a silhouette. Yeah. So if you had Daryl Morey in a room like that. He would trade Embiid and keep, keep James Harden. That part. He he now that part. He won't say it in front of everybody, but if he had his druthers, he would do that. That's why I have a problem with James Harden because the easy move is to go back to Houston, and all those reasons are great, right? But if you really want to be a champion, then you think, okay, well, if, okay, let's let's just play. If you really want to be a champion, mm-hmm. okay, you just you opt out of Philly, mm-hmm. okay. Then you go to you go to Boston, because you got two bona fide closers and superstars that need somebody to. He set would the never table. go in Boston, but well, because because of the city, because of the very of first the city. thing you said, right? The city he would not go to the city, but I think you're dead on in the NBA has has transformed from being having a superstar and a bunch of role players to having two superstars and role players to now it's three, and then it's four. And the league has changed. So in Boston and Philly, the question would be, we'll know who Boston is if they move Jalen Brown. Because you're saying 
I'm taking a step back because no matter who you get, it's a step away from where you are. The same thing makes me question Philly. If you are just another Embiid progression year from being the best team in the East with James Harden, why do you make the change? Harden's not the reason why you got beat. Embiid was. Right. So if you're going to make that decision, wouldn't a smart exec say, huh, look at the league now, how it's played. One of those players, one, one, you won the MVP and the player who led the league in assists feeding that MVP, you figure out everything else. Yeah. See, I think it, it, <laughs> your, your example of it is Denver. See, I think you have two superstar players and then two players that aren't exactly superstars, but they're not role players. So, yeah. you, so they're yeah. like middle players but upper echelon middle players. So those two upper echelon middle players are Porter and Gordon, right? So those are the guys like in a seven-game series, you expect Porter to have a really good game or two, Gordon to have a really good game or two, just in case Joker's in foul trouble, Jamal Murray's not hitting. Well, then we still have two superstars and a closer with an identity. Um, Philly doesn't – Philly has that, mm-hmm. really, when you think of Maxi. Um Tobias Harris is probably a little bit lower right. than that. The problem is with Philly, right? And maybe this is James Harden understanding. Because you got to think, Jimmy Butler's been there, right? James Harden's been there. And, but they didn't want to bring back Jimmy Butler, but I think Jimmy Butler. Which we beat. still got to question Philly right. and, and its leadership. And <laughs> and this 100% being in on Embiid is, I think, Embiid – if somebody needs to change, because James Harden has showed you he he can change, mm-hmm. he he has changed. His pass first, hit the open threes. He he has changed his game, um, and his off the off the court habits. He's still, you know, in shape. But the the dumb thing talking about going out of town and stuff that's him feeling himself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is Embiid the way he plays? Right, being so he he's so ball dominant, but he's an over dribbler. I always talked about. I always talked to kids in high school. If you can't get into your shot or what you're going to do in two or three dribbles, four at the max, you're wasting your time, you're wasting the team's time, and that's a what lost possession. If you watch Embiid, it, he's great, right? But Embiid is the most effective when he's one or two dribbles, he's making a decision whether it's passing out of double teams or he's getting into a shot, and he has a plethora of moves. But when you saw when he came back, it was three and a half plus dribbles. That stymied the whole offense. It stymies the whole team. So if I'm nurse coming in, I'm saying, look, I've won an NBA championship. You have not. Daryl Morey, I've won an NBA championship and you hired me. You have not. This is what needs to happen. If it doesn't happen, I'm just going to be like Doc Rivers. You know, I'm going to be getting a paycheck from you. I, I want to throw this at Austin because this is, this is the point of reference. Think if you're thinking elite organization, high-level success, but they can't get over the hill. You're playing against a team that's playing at its best. Let's take Duke, where you have Hurley and Leitner, and you're just dominant. You're on a run. You're knocking off Kentucky. You see Austin perked up right, right there? Right, but you're, you're <laughs> taking on – like you beat – you knock off Kentucky. You're knocking off big-time programs. And then you face the monster, and you fail. You fail miserably against UNLV. The worst you failure do, in title game history right, failed. ever – Ever you're at you can't be any lower, having been number two in the country, and what they did was brilliant, and we don't give it enough credit. 
programs that stay to the tune, stay to who you are, they simply got better with one more player. And Grant into the door walks Grant Hill. Yeah, he's a he was a problem, right? Grant Hill <laughs> walks just, in, right? He wasn't just a guy. Well, but but he was everybody the, in the NBA is is possibly a dude that is your three A, your three B. Everybody. Yeah. So it doesn't take. It's much easier to find a three A than it is a one B. Yeah. So anybody that makes the decision to just throw out two perennial consensus all Americans, not all stars, I'm questioning your thinking because that's not good business. That's not a good business decision. The issue too is that I don't know how many three A's are out there. I mean, there was the big three, you know, era when you had, you know, LeBron, uh, Bosch and Wade. Wade. You had, you had Bosch. Is he really a three A? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of the guys that should be three A's think of themselves as one B or one A. Because they were the only only thing with a heartbeat and pulse. Right. Right. Whereas Grant Hill coming in, he had those two established guys ahead of him. He knew. And in that era, you knew. That's what and you're there wasn't nobody do. that was a, that was number three that could hang with Grant Hill at 18 years old. And and that's what you and you and LV who had three, like their mm-hmm. three was Stacy Augman, <laughs> right? When you go, wait a minute, wait a <laughs> what? Let, let me ask you this. <laughs> let, me, yep. let me ask you this, DP. You talked about management making mistakes of jettisoning, uh, whether it's Brown or James Harden. On the flip side, let's talk about management. A.K. you know Rob Palinka, or even the Clippers, right? Letting Kawhi pick his guy. Paul George, I think, has played decent, but is it worth not going to play with LeBron? I'd probably say no, because both of you guys don't play. Yeah. Both of you guys are. Yeah. Rob Palinka, the same thing. What research did you did you show? Did mm-hmm. you do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Outside of looking on ESPN.com to think that. The guy that was the franchise player down in New Orleans when they had nothing so easily was okay with letting you have him and you didn't think something was up like 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 when when was the light gonna go on? It's like, you know what? This is too good to be true. Six eleven, can handle the ball, used to be a guard, you know, dominant on the defensive end, you know, has three point range, can take you off the dribble, right? You know, he can be a, you know, drive and dive guy. You know, you didn't think it was, I mean, you didn't think that was too good to be true? Well, to ask, who is he? Like, people talk about talent all the time. Talk about skill sets. Okay, fine. The same thing in coaches. You know what, he runs this game. No, but who are you? And there are a lot of weird dudes with talent. But see, I think, there are a lot of weird dudes that don't fit in anywhere. But, but I think though, <laughs> but I think though, Anthony Davis isn't the Anthony Davis that he probably met or did his recon on. Because I'm telling you, when you reach success, whether you, however you perceive it, or actually get it, which is an NBA championship, and then they anoint you the next great in the in the Lakers and playing for the Lakers, the Knicks, and the yeah, Celtics yeah. is totally yep. different. Yep, how you handle that. That means you're a totally different person. Because if I won a Super Bowl, Jay Foreman's career is a lot different thought of than just, you know, having a decent career, you know, like I had. So yeah. you can't for you can't forecast that because if they had two DPs sitting there, but you, you better. 
You well, better know. You look. I you better know. But you, but you don't know because they hadn't won anything. No, I look. If if in the literally, that's like the year that's, you that's like the you know year you the year you were being drafted. Right. And my biggest frustration about being around several NFL teams is that the three teams I was around all loved Jay Foreman. They all loved Jay Foreman. They all talked about okay, great pedigree, great program. Bit coachable, right? Because you can't play for Coach Tom without being coachable. You can't be in that system without being a team worker, right? All the things. They checked all the boxes. And when they talked about it, this is a dude we love because he'll come in, he'll play his role, he'll do the things we need from him to do early year one, year two, which is play special teams. He's not going to cause a problem off the field. Like they did all the – and a good heart. Like that dude has a heart. And the part that most execs fail – fail, fail, fail at, is that he hadn't figured out how to measure heart and character yet. And sometimes talent doesn't have those two things. Yeah. Like, that's just it. And the the biggest misses come from executives who have never had to rely on character and heart. They don't work from yeah. it. Remember, coaches and execs manage and coach from their own existence. You can't be any other way. Like, that's just who you are. You coach the way you played the game because it's what you know and what you trust. And most of the execs have never so had. So you're saying the coach, that if you were a coach at Nebraska and then you just kind of was like smokescreening everybody, then then you, that's the way you was as a player. Didn't we watch Didn't we watch Succession? <laughs> didn't we all just watch Succession? Didn't, hey, we, all, hey, didn't we all just watch Succession that, that tells you that – Success in America are a bunch of basic disconnected people who have been told that they're special. I'm just asking you a straightforward are, question. I, the, yes is the answer. Yes is the no, so answer. We're we in good hands then because yes. Matt, Matt Rule came from the bottom. Now he yes. at the top. Well, you know, listen. He had to grind it, it up there. Look, we everybody knows where Matt Rule's from. And we know where he got his iron sharpened. And what we hope is that some of that Penn State iron sharpened Old Penn State iron sharpened shows up in Lincoln. We don't know because you still have to deal with all the coaches and hope that they got sharpened by the same steel he did. We don't know that. We don't know that. And also, is Matt, like Matt Rule's biggest question for me isn't about integrity or knowledge of game or any of that. My biggest question for Matt Rule is what's your boys going to do? Like, what's your boys going to do? And if they rally for him, cool, bet. It's going to be successful. But Matt Rule might be prepared to handle the media of Lincoln, Nebraska, which is different than any other college town we can think of. How do them dudes handle having no secrecy, no privacy, everybody in your business, everybody tracking everything you do, and everybody questioning you whether they know the game or not? That's that's that stuff, man. Like, <laughs> like yeah, so the Sixers Sixers are in that place. Yeah. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell's greatest issue with Quinn Snyder was that Quinn Snyder was a coach on the court. Donovan Mitchell was the always the elite athlete. He's a creative. One's linear, one's creative. Donovan's like, how come you don't see it the way I see it? And Quinn Quinn's going, how come you don't see it the way I see it? It's just not gonna work. So and yeah, Rudy Gobert too. Yeah, well, they traded Rudy culturally Gobert. different. Like people think all NBA dudes are one thing. No, they are not. No, that dude. Yeah, man. That that's but that's how that's how chemistry works. 
the draft really should be about, and free agency in every sport should be about the does this person match what I'm what I what I'm trying to do. This is what, and and I'll say it again. What bothers me about Nebraska athletics, and I'll say it, and I'll get in trouble for it, but okay, go ahead, is that there are dudes like Jay Foreman, high IQ, high integrity, high heart, high character, hard work, and they're outside the program, and it bothers me. I'm just saying it. I'm not telling anybody how to hire their people. It's your job, do you think? But you can't tell me that there are better coach there is a better coach on this on that this staff that knows the game cares about the game cares about the university cares about the kids cares about honoring all of this thing that is Nebraska football and football itself than the dude sitting next to me real talk yeah i mean they they i mean that's i appreciate it you know but uh you know i mean they they uh, they they seem to be in the right direction we'll see but i'm rooting for him cheering I think for him right and I said yesterday, before anybody Could said DP worse. don't like none of the assistants, I told y'all yesterday, Tony White is one of my favorite dudes. Love, love, love. Be, look, man, I, I, here's what I'll say. Satterfield, we can have – we, let's go get coffee. Here's what, like, I'm cool with that. Here's what I'll say about having a young staff, right? And this is and, and this is where I do have a, have a problem with, I guess, media, media people, right? Mm-hmm. So just say – here because here's what would happen. Let's just play – you know what? We'll go to break. We'll play a little devil's advocate. Because I know exactly how this would work. So, Jay Foreman, DP Austin, we're going to go to break. We're going to play devil's advocate if Coach Foreman actually was a coach. I can guarantee you what some people would say, which would be no different than what's being said about some of the assistants. So, after that, we'll be right back.